Welcome to the Revolutionary Love and Resilience Podcast Season 2. I'm Myra Holtzman. And I'm Shelby Lee. We are both trained psychotherapists who wear a few different hats working in the field of healing. Together, we focus on somatic-based and other leading-edge approaches to healing trauma. We're here igniting a revolution around embodiment, life after trauma, and nurturing resilience. We know that collaborating as colleagues and peers makes us stronger, wiser, and meaningfully connected. If you're a coach, therapist, care provider, or someone impacted by trauma, this podcast is for you. We believe in the body as an ally in the healing process and support the magic of helping nervous systems come back into balance. Join us as we offer an empowering and relationship-focused perspective to healing. This is a place where fierce and tender folks can come to get support and encouragement. We want you to know that we are right here with you on the path. to introduce Myra Holtzman as my co-conspirator for revolutionary love and resilience in an ongoing forever-ish kind of way. We have been seriously bonding over the last many, many, many months and really our chemistry is just off the charts. And so we want to share us and our gorgeous friendship, our experience as colleagues, and how much we love nerding out with all of you about trauma, regulation, and resilience. When we start talking, we just cannot shut up. Oh my God. We spent hours in this French restaurant in Portland just talking about like things that would be so boring to most people. And we, we were just totally enamored with each other. And the views that we share with the things that we want to explore that both of us like know nothing about, but the other does. And we want you all to be in on this conversation. And so I asked Myra, we're just kind of starting over with revolutionary love and resilience because it's been beautiful so far and I'm loving the energy that we have. And I think it's going to offer you all so much as healers and feelers, folks who are, uh, in care provider roles, coaches and therapists. We've got a lot of shit to say. <laughs> and we, uh, we're just, we're, let's see, what's the word? I mean, I think it's elated. What would you call the word, Myra? Uh, the word I use whenever we get together around you is enlivening. Like I'm always enlivened and inspired by the conversations that we get to have around the things that you and I are like totally nerd out about and the ways that we want to be of service. So enlivening would be the word I would use. Yeah. Welcoming me to your podcast. I am totally a co-conspirator. I'm so fucking happy to be here. I will just put out there that I do tend to swear. I will try to keep it at a minimum and it is one of the things that I do. So there that me is. Me too. I love how you bring it out in me. And <laughs> I, you said thanks for welcoming to your podcast. This is now our podcast officially. Right. Happy <laughs> that. Yeah. And it's just, you know, in our profession, professions, you know, you're a therapist. I'm a former therapist, call myself coach now. It can be incredibly lonely and mm -hmm. it can be isolating of like, 
how did I just go through that whole day supporting so many beautiful people doing such deep work and nobody saw it. Nobody was there for it. Did, did it really happen? You know, and so having a colleague to bounce things off of, to celebrate with, to share ideas with has been such an incredible and valuable gift that's up-leveled my career so big. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious what it's like for you to just have a peer and a colleague to be in this work together. I mean, frankly, Shelby, it's everything, you know, like the things that you and I talk about are so, it's what I think about most of the time, frankly, a lot of the time I'm thinking about business and I'm also thinking about being in the business of helping people heal from trauma. Um, So I love that we are creating this together and I think it's going to be a long and revolutionary road um, that you and I are going to get to create and hopefully support all the feelers and healers that are listening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this first podcast of ours, it seems like it would be really helpful for us to define trauma and a little peek under the hood listeners. So before Shelby hit record, as soon as she said, we should probably define trauma. I immediately went into this like, uh Oh, I better look it up and read the exact way that Peter Levine or the DSM, um, defines trauma. And um, I really don't want to do that because I I have a feeling that you and I can really define trauma in the ways that we know both personally as well as professionally. Um, And it is an important jumping off point because it is the whole goal of this. It's one of the big goals of this podcast is, you know, to talk about trauma and how to be trauma informed and use trauma informed practices as you're working with people or working with yourself. So that being Dad, what do you want to say about defining trauma? Mm, I'm just so appreciating how you just did that because it's like, oh, I want to be this good somatic experiencing student and do what my teacher told me to do and give my power over. And uh, yes, Peter Levine is incredible. We both respect him a lot. And you and I have been in the trauma healing field well, you know, our entire lives, but as professionals for me, well over a decade, how long have you been in this field? So 2002, so almost 20 years. Yeah. So I think we can, I think we can do it. We can. I think so too. Do you want to riff, start riffing and I'll riff with you and then we'll see where it takes us. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say a few things. One is I love that we're defining trauma these days especially in the somatic psychotherapy field and the somatic trauma healing field, that it's not the event that happens to us. It's what happens in our system, in our nervous systems, our brains, our, our minds, our bodies, our hearts. It's the response or the reaction that happens internally. And so I love that we cannot compare events. We can't say, oh, I experienced this event and I felt awful and my brother experienced this event and he seems to be fine so there must be something wrong with me i get to go oh my goodness my system had a really big impact and it's processing it this way and the other way i really like to define trauma is it's experiencing any event that is too overwhelming for me to process and that is a very broad definition, which works very well, given how I see various clients come in 
left mm -hmm. and right. The overwhelm can come in so many different forms, subtle and gross, and it's, that's trauma. That's trauma. We're afraid of death. We're frightened, afraid of loss of connection, of belonging and safety. Yes. One of those or any of those. Yep. Yeah, that's a great definition. Where I would riff up, like what I noticed as you were talking was coming up is, so, you know, we talk about trauma as this, as this big thing, and most people think about it as an event. And I just want to reinforce this idea that um, trauma and symptoms of trauma are about what happens in the body during that traumatic event that doesn't get supported. Um, in somatic experiencing, we talk about trauma as the lack of being able to complete a fight or a flight response, meaning you weren't able to get away um, or you couldn't fight back and then successfully get away. So that would be another definition of trauma. One of the ways, because um, we met at a developmental trauma training called Somatic Resilience and Regulation. And so that training has been instrumental in helping me understand uh, trauma in a much deeper way in the body. And what I mean by that is that since the focus is on what goes wrong in those first zero, you know, from ages zero to five or zero to 10, depending on who you talk to, one of the ways I think about trauma is the way that um, I use the word template, the way that your nervous system established this template and a template meaning how you learned how to deal with lack of safety, lack of belonging, feeling shamed, being in an environment where um, maybe you didn't know where your next meal was going to come from. And so I think of developmental trauma as a system of um, thoughts, a way, the way that the physiology and the brain develop that didn't get to develop optimally and actually can create a, a not as strong foundation to be resilient as that person gets older um, if there's been that early trauma. Am I making sense right now? Absolutely. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, and this piece of information has been really, really helpful because, <coughs> excuse me, um, Trauma, as you said, isn't just about the event, but it's, especially if there's been early trauma, it's this sort of broader way that the nervous system doesn't, can't bounce back from whether it's a small stressor or a big stressor. Um, and that feels important to name here, right? That there's a difference between shock trauma, which is like a single event where something really bad happened, or ongoing chronic trauma, especially when you were young, of neglect, of abuse, of experiencing racism, poverty, um, you know, there's there's a number of things that contribute to that. So, yeah. yeah, thank you so much for naming that too. I really want to underline that the oppression. You know that we don't, many of us don't even think about oppression. If you're somebody who holds a marginalized identity, that that is just an ongoing experience that contributes to complex trauma. It's. Yeah cultural trauma it's personal trauma it's often transgenerational trauma this yeah. is collective trauma we're living in a field right now we're recording this during the uprising during covid we have so many different definitions of trauma if we look at it in the dsm-4 as we were trained or dsm-5 now yeah. as we were trained i haven't even opened that book um <laughs> it we could break it down in terms of um, the pathology. But Myra and I are activists and advocates, I would call us, yes. for actually looking at the wholeness. Uh, and trauma really threatens our wholeness. <laughs> Yet we both believe that we are all 
whole all the time. It's always there. It's innate in us. And there are certain frameworks, there are certain modalities, there are certain beliefs and ways of being that help us heal and move back towards feeling like we are the whole beings that we are, uh, that really support an ongoing sense of well-being, thriving, and healing. And so I just want to say there are ways to look at trauma that make us wrong, that make us bad, that really elicit a lot of shame and suffering. And there are ways that help us feel actually like uplifted and connected. And so that's part of our mission here is we're not interested in uh, telling people they're broken (laughs) because they've experienced trauma. (laughs) And we are taking into consideration the whole lens, collective, cultural, transgenerational, personal shock trauma and complex trauma, although I would say that Myra and I, even though we're both trained in shock trauma, um, we are more, more of our client base and the way we share with the world is more around complex trauma based around developmental stuff. And you'll get to know what that means if it just sounds like a bunch of jargon. We'll break it down for you. And I just spoke for both of us. So feel free to always and anytime, Myra, just tell me I'm wrong or... <laughs> No word. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. The thing I was going to add is that the other way, I mean, part of the reason why we connected is because we also really believe in um, what are called bottom up, uh, bottom up processes or bottom up processing, meaning that the body is, is an ally in the healing process. And so many traditional therapies, CBT, DBT, ACT, they don't include the body in meaningful ways in the conversation of healing. And, you know, something I tell clients pretty consistently is like, you've got way more receptors for feeling what's happening in the world from the neck down than you do from the neck up, right? And um, trauma isn't, isn't just this thing where if you just change your thoughts, you'll feel better. Because if you could do that, everybody would do it. And then And that would be great, but that isn't actually how it works, right? We have to work at the body level and and support clients to connect the top-down processes of thinking with the bottom-up processes of sensing and feeling and noticing changes in our physiology and our nervous system. Um, And that's what we really nerd out about is the somatic approaches to healing trauma because we have to have the body in the conversation. Trauma is happening at the body level. Yeah. And... We're, we or I, I'll speak from my own experience, I am a, I'm a trained somatic psychotherapist. Uh, 90% of all of the trauma trainings I've ever taken are based on processing trauma through the body. And when I say, I don't want anyone who's listening thinking this is the best way or you need to be in your body right now and right here in order to be healed because I really respect why we're not in our bodies. I really know that that's how we survived um, by going, oh my goodness, this is way too fucking painful in here. I'm going to get out however I can. So I'm going to live in my head. I'm going to live above my body or outside my body because feeling my solar plexus makes me just feel like keeling over because I felt like I've been punched in the gut my whole life. And I don't want to feel that. Why would I want to feel that? So when we talk about bottom up, we're not ignoring 
the the brilliance of our mind's capacity is that our head is actually connected to our body <laughs> and so we get to work with both little by little and we'll teach you all about that over time <laughs> little by little um to come into the body in a way that feels safe safe enough to feel those sensations just a tiny bit at a time and with some ease, with some pleasure, with some comfort, with some support. <laughs> so you don't have to just slam yourself into your body and deal with it. Yes. I'm so glad that you said that because I know from experience that for a lot, when I used to work in eating disorder treatment and I would say something like, okay, let's, I'm going to teach you how to come into the body. They would all look at me like I was batshit crazy because they were doing everything in their power to get out of their body. And yes, there's a really good reason if any of the listeners out there are feeling like, I don't want to do this. This is really scary. I get it. You know, like one of the ways I talk about um, the body and trauma is that it can just feel really noisy inside your body and noisy meaning like the, the self-defeating thoughts or the, um, the chronic pain that you experience or the clenching that just seems like it's always been there since you were born. born. That's noise in the body that's hard. I mean, it's, it makes sense that you would want to get away from it. Um, and also to your point, Shelby, we're not here to pathologize anything. Like, I want everyone to really hear that. We're not here to make you wrong about what approach is better or this or that or the other thing. You might hear me. I'll just name that for myself. I tend to believe that somatic approaches are superior to just traditional <laughs> top-down approaches. Um, and really what I mean by that is that we just need to marry the two. Top-down and bottom approaches together will be, I think, much more effective than just necessarily doing one thing or the other. Um, and we're also not here to necessarily promote one specific kind of somatic therapy because what Shelby and I know is that there's a mosaic of healing, you know, like you got to get after whatever works. And that might be Wim Hof breathing. That might be going to a retreat. That might be seeing a somatic experiencing practitioner. Shelby shaking her head. No. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, is don't come to my retreat. <laughs> <laughs> But we're here to support wherever it is that you are on the path towards healing. Um, and we want to take all of it into account, including the things that have worked for you. And then we're just going to support you and adding our own wisdom. And of course, we want to hear from you too. Yeah. No, so, I'm super opinionated and <laughs> I super judgy. And what I am committed to is speaking from my own direct experience of what I know for myself and for my own healing, I'm committed in this podcast to be really transparent and vulnerable about everything I've tried. Like Myra and I will be asking each other all sorts of questions. And I want you to know what I have tried in the name of trauma healing. And you can decide for yourself if that resonates with you. If you get a full body, yes, check it out. If you don't, leave it behind. This isn't a right or wrong. Uh, we just have a lot of experience getting after it for the last 20, 30 years, trying to feel better. Yep. And both of us have explored a lot. And for me, somatic approaches have been gold, have been gold. And also there are many different somatic approaches. And there are certain ones that have been extra gold <laughs> that we will share about for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like I'm pretty 
spoken out or said everything I need to say about defining trauma. Is there anything else from you, Shelby, that you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's worth saying that defining trauma, we could do a several hour course on. There are all sorts of nuances of various trauma responses beyond fight, flight, and freeze. There are ways it shows up in your body, in your immune system, in your health, in your relationships, um, in your work environment, you know, and we're going to touch on those things here and there. So keep listening. We're not, you know, if you want to come take my course, you know, or like do something with Myra, come work one-on-one with Myra, you'll get that. But also we're going to sprinkle it in throughout so that we're not just downloading you with a bunch of heady information right away. We just wanted to define that. And also since this is the first episode, um, Myra, I'd love to hear if you're up for sharing about, you know, in our conversations over the last many months, what ha- why, why are we doing this? <laughs> like, oh, is it just about trauma? Is it about something else? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, well, I'm doing this work, frankly, and we'll definitely have an episode about this, but I'm doing this work because I, the first time I attended uh, training on developmental trauma, I didn't actually know that I had it until the teacher started talking about all these symptoms and ways of being and things that contribute. Um, and I realized that they were talking to me about me and it was kind of shocking and actually quite terrifying. Um, so I want to do this podcast. And the reason why I'm doing this kind of healing work is because, um, cause I've come out the other end and meaning that I feel really good about my life and about myself. I've come a long way from, and you'll hear about this in the next episode, uh, about I've come a long way from where I was to where I am now. Um, I also believe that helping people to heal from trauma from the inside out is, to sound sort of cliche, is going to be one of the ways to bring about world peace. Because what I know is that from my own experience, now that my system is much more regulated, I feel much more generous. I feel much more capable of holding space without being reactive, for example. Um, and right now in these times, we really, we really need to help each other compassionately, lovingly, and with a lot of space. Um, so it sort of runs the gamut from the personal all the way to the meta, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Shelby? So many things. You know, I said it a lot in the beginning, just when you and I get talking, it feels like the best nourishment for my whole system for reminding me why I do what I do. And every time we talk, it's like, I'm more committed than ever. You know, <laughs> I just feel like it is so important to be having these conversations out loud so that maybe others might feel more committed than ever who are doing this work, who want to be more, doing more of this work to know that it's really needed in the world. And we are here to support that. We want folks who are working in this industry to know they're not alone. We want folks who are healing to know they're not alone. And for me, that's been something I've desired forever is to look 
out at podcasts and, you know, content that's being delivered and to see something that makes sense to me. Yeah. And I'm hoping that we're speaking a language that will feel nourishing for people. I'm really interested in trauma awareness and how it applies to everything we do as care providers and all of the various things connected to it, like power dynamics and counter transference and like what's really coming up for our clients, what's really coming up for us. How do we get support when we're totally wrecked as humans? You know, like I want to show people how human we are. Like, and this is a big no, no in as therapists and our training. And the reality is like, we, we have human, human lives outside of our clinical lives. And I don't want them to be so separate. Um, yeah. And I want others to hear the struggles and the, and the triumphs, you know, of what it's like, because it can be quite isolating to be, be care providers, running your own business, seeing one-on-one clients. <laughs> and we need a check and balance system. You know, I think everyone needs to be in consultation and supervision, no matter what you're doing and trained in all of the time regularly. Yes. And if you can't afford that, come here, <laughs> you know, come here, get, you're going to get a lot of feedback from us. It's going to be one way, <laughs> but it's going to be something to feel like you're doing it right. Like you've got this, you can keep going to build your confidence. Uh, because Myra and I have been doing this for a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that's my biggest thing. It's my activism. It's what keeps me going. I love supporting folks in this industry to keep going because it can be hard. We can burn out. We can get compassion fatigue. I got it recently. It's hard and we got to do it together. And I'm getting that more than ever. Thank you. Oh my God. (laughs) You'll notice when I get really excited, I talk really fast. I'm also (laughs) working on stopping using the word like I'm from the West coast of America. It's a problem. It happens. I'm a millennial. I'm working on it. (laughs) And the one thing I just wanted to make sure I have in this episode, and you're welcome to join me in this, Myra, is my identifiers. I want people to be able to relate or to know where I come from. And would this be an okay place to pop that in for you? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a white, uh, queer identified cis female person who comes from a lot of privilege. I'm well-educated. I have a graduate degree and many certificates. I've always had food on the table. I've always known that I will be able to, to make it work no matter what. Mm -hmm. And, um, I am, I'm teaching from that place. I'm sharing from that place. I connect with my clients from that place and I'm always learning. I'm committed to doing my work. And I always want to know if I'm sharing something on here or anywhere else that is causing harm, but not just harm, discomfort, you know, I want to do better. And so I just want to let folks know that I am open to conversations, dialogue, and also, you know, bringing in additional care if that's needed for those conversations. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Shelby. Um, so I am a Filipino woman. Um, I identify as heterosexual, um, also have a lot of privilege, uh, you know, have a graduate degree, 
um, never worried about having food on the table, um, you know, had parents that had enough money to meet the sort of metrics of, of success that immigrants, at least my parents, thought were important, which was going to college, getting a job, getting married, that kind of thing. Um, I identify as, I use pronouns of she, her, hers, she's, and, is that, sorry, she and her, sorry. That is right, you got it. Okay, great. Um, yes, and like Shelby, always want to be in the conversation of doing my work and being present with what's showing up for me. And um, you said it really beautifully, so I'm not even going to try and repeat what you said, but that last part about, you know, being open to um, hearing feedback about how we, how I might be landing for listeners. Um, and I also want listeners to hear that trust that I'm always going to be trying to do better if something happens and I inadvertently um, offend you or upset you or make you feel uncomfortable. Um, yeah. So thanks for, thanks for popping that last piece in here. Yeah. Oh, it's so good to be here with you. I am just so looking forward to wherever this goes and winds. And I'm looking forward to connecting with all you listeners out there. Absolutely. Stay tuned for the next episodes. Thank you, Shelby. Bye, Myra. Bye. Thank you so much for being a part of the show and being part of this love revolution. If you're feeling nourished and supported by this podcast, please share it with your people, subscribe so you're notified of all of our episodes, and leave a five-star review so we can get the word out. If you're a therapist, coach, or on your own healing journey and have themes you'd love to have us explore, send us an email at revolutionaryloveandresilience at gmail.com. You can find both of our offerings, everything from online courses to one-on-one -on -one sessions by following our links in the show notes or searching our names online.